Welcome back to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host Rob and joined as always by my platoon mates, Joe and Duff. Forrest? Is that you? I, I too want to go home. Uh, so minutes... 53 through 56 we got more vietnam uh starts with force he's still saving lives and it ends with uh with uh bubba saying his last words love it last words these are the segments you live for yeah you love to talk about these get with your buds you know hang out bummerville uh, just bros being dudes (laughs) uh at a time and unfortunately, uh, we have no musical cues. There's no fun. There's, we have, no we have fun nothing else. We have... The best part about this this segment is it really is a perfect metaphor for um, the three of us. R- Rob is for us. He's like, oh, let's just keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, I'm Lieutenant Dan pleading de- de- for death and to be abandoned. And, and then Duff is just plaintively asking, why are we here? <laughs> why is this happening? <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. That's good. Um, All right. So I got, I got, I got a question right off the bat all right, or more, more of an, op, uh, more of an observation. This is, this is one of those things like everyone has kind of pet peeves in movies. Um, another one of mine is how, uh, no person in the history of the world has kept their keys in the sun visor in a car. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, another one. All the time. Another one of mine is everyone is very good at lifting up uh, other people and just you know, just like it's old hat. Yeah, but it's you, Duff. Have you ever been in a stressful situation? That's what happens every time I podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You're just Are you saying our fine service members? Our, our heroes aren't capable of lifting up another person. It just seems to come very naturally. And it seems like, is it, it seems like movies make it seem way easier than it actually would be. But movies are about heroes, not about us. Heroes are able <laughs> he- he- <laughs> Fair. <laughs> that are like, like we have, we have, Seth Rogen, and that's really it. Who's like out there, leading man, trying to represent us? <laughs> I was just yeah, trying. Ever since Jonah Hill got buff, we've been abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did he get buff, but he's in a Call of Duty commercial. Come on, mm-hmm. was he? Or was that a Halo commercial? I can't. Uh, remember. I don't know. Um, well, I don't. I guess I. I didn't really consider that. Yes, they're big, tough army hero men, but it just. I always think about it's like if I just had to pick another person up off the ground and sling them over my shoulder or hold or hold or hold them, I just I just feel like I would pull something and collapse beside them. <laughs> I find my I find myself thinking like which which person who started in a war film would aggravate you the most if they lifted somebody, and at at the moment I can't think of anything that would top uh, Michael J. Fox. From was that Casualties of War? Casualties of War. What about the the guy in uh, in uh, the the coward in Saving Private Ryan? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael yeah, J. Fox is like, all of five and a half feet tall, or whatever he is. Uh, he can't so, lift. He can't lift me up. 
Um, so Forrest, he's already saved three people in the platoon. He's running back, picking people up. He runs into Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan is on the ground. Um, typical millennial, guys. Am I right? On his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Snapchatting. Yep. TikToking. Uh, he's, he's, he's promoting his SoundCloud for <laughs> Lieutenant Dan's band. Uh, is that what it's called? Lieutenant yeah, Dan it, band? I think it's yeah, L- Dan's Lieutenant Dan band. band. Okay. Uh, he's calling in an airstrike. And uh, as you kind of hinted to at the beginning, Joe, he has no interest in being saved. Wants to just stay there. There's traditions uh, to uphold. Yep. Wants to die like die in a war like someone in his family. Which is like, I like Lieutenant Dan. I like Lieutenant Dan as a character quite a bit. It's kind of like a very bizarre thing to be like, no, no, I want to die in a war too. <laughs> like, you know, you can shoot higher, bud. Like, surviving a war would be better. If you survive a war, then you didn't give all, Rob. Okay. All right. And you have to face yourself and the emptiness inside when you get home. Mm, that's well. That's true. I and mean, that's what makes Lieutenant Dan interesting. Is I think definitely later on. He doesn't uh, want. He doesn't want hippies to spit on him at the airport. Uh, God, that never <laughs> happened. I know. <laughs> I hate that story so much. Or it happened like once, and everyone just assumes that everyone was spitting on service members. Uh, Forrest gets shot here, and I. This line makes me laugh every time when <laughs> when he gets shot and yells, "Something bit me," it's, which it's one of it's, his worst line readings in the movie. And it's and it's weird how it's played for laughs in the middle of a very intense scene because we get the narration and then you have him repeat it. <laughs> well, I I I from now on. And this uh, mostly for you, Joe, and any other friends that we do this with. Whenever I'm gaming and I get hit in a multiplayer game, I'm yelling, something bit me. <laughs> now well, on. When, when we do the Midnight Boys stream, yes. live stream, <laughs> the fans will notice. That's we'll our, get to hear become, you yell it plenty. That's our, <laughs> our Twitch feed. Yep, we become Twitchers, streamers. That's where the big money's <laughs> like at. Like Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> he, was trying, he was trying to get his Facebook Live set up for his death. And... Uh, <laughs> Forced ruined it. <laughs> ruined his big viral moment. Uh, and then he goes back, Forrest goes back to uh, find Bubba. And this is a weird thing. This isn't quite to your pet peeves, Duff, but this has always bothered me. Why, like, that Bubba's, like, covered his wounds with vegetation? He probably doesn't want to look at his weird body. Yeah. Like, ew. I suppose if you're you're bleeding out, you probably want to do something about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think he thinks that it's helping. I think he just doesn't okay. want to look at his entrails leaking out. I always thought when I was younger that like he got like an explosion did it and that, like all the vegetation landed on him, but that's not what happened. <laughs> Probably uh, not. <laughs> uh, and now we got. I I do have a little bit of um, production information here. Some fun facts about uh. This uh, the shot we have here. Uh, I'd say one of the more I don't want to say famous, but like a, a, a pretty big shot in this movie, which is uh, Forrest carrying Bubba. Now I want you to feel better about things right now, Duff. I have some information for you, and that is that you are correct. Tom Hanks is not able to carry and run with Michael T. Um, it's not a thing he could do. So Michael T. is actually on a crane 
and like roped up so that it could look like Forrest is carrying him. So does that make you feel better? I mean, it makes more sense because Michael yeah. T is a pretty, pretty big dude, and Tom big Hanks dude. is average yeah. sized. Uh, so uh, the the like how this shot is done, I think, is very interesting. Um, so we have sort of a bunch of different things happening at once. We have the first third of this of like a, a force carrying Bubba. That's a, those are two stunt men that are like running through. So it's like one stunt man carrying another stunt man running through this forest. And then uh, during the clip when he's running, as he gets closer, there's a part where he like kind of missteps or go down like a little valley and then comes back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is when we then sort of uh, switch to it being Tom Hanks and Michael T. So they have to like, you know, they filmed them both and then they only have like uh, Tom Hanks and Michael T for the second half of it. And then they kind of like, you know, mat those together into one thing. And then they have a third shot that they did of them just blowing up the jungle, which they then mat into all this as well. And then the final thing that they do, which I swear to God, I never noticed until like doing this four minutes at a time. And I... It seems silly. I feel like I never noticed the jets going by in the sky above hand, above bombing everything. They go whoosh. Yeah. Yeah, That's the coolest part. It is cool. So those are obviously CGI jets. They look pretty good. 1994 CGI jets. It's not not the Blue Angels doing a show. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of take those four different elements together and, you know, mash them together. And pretty amazing 1994 era shot. It's a really cool shot. So, ends with uh, Bubba asks uh, Forrest, "Why did this happen?" Which I mean, guys, are we starting? You know, is this is this is this a, a, a one moment of of uh, Zemeckis dipping his toe into politics here? No, I mean, for the sake of argument, I'll say yes, and then it's immediately ruined by Forrest going, "You got shot." Yes. <laughs> Yes. Like I, so, I I don't think it's an intentional foray into actually, you know, questioning like why are we here, man? What are we doing here? But what it kind of comes. It kind of like it could come off that way, but Forrest just immediately we just have Forrest making a joke out of it. Yeah. So let's pretend Forrest doesn't come out this doesn't like kind of ruin it with this comment. Uh, this is a question for you and Joe. Why did this happen? He got shot. <laughs> uh, but 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 why? You know why is this happening? Why is why why you're is, gonna uh, ask us to explain why we Vietnam, got, went hey, to Vietnam? This is a short, short episode. I want to uh, uh, fill it Ken, up. Oh my God. Ken, Ken Burns had twelve hours and couldn't conclusively answer that. <laughs> I think Norman Mailer wrote a whole book called "Why Are We in Vietnam?" I don't, I, Does it end in a cliffhanger? I haven't read it. I have it. I just okay. haven't ever gotten around to it. Uh, money? <laughs> wow. Everything seems to boil down to money, so I'll say that. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad we uh, we figured that <laughs> I out. I mean, I I, I kind of know the answer. I, I mean, I mean, it's continuing. It's just That's taking over for the for the, the French imperialist effort there. Domino theory. Yeah. I mean, that's. It, it's just also stupid that it's just even hard to talk about with. with 
it with a straight face. <laughs> like the domino theory is the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, every the every answer that's true just sounds like child logic. So, um, so what are what are some of the the major the major like theories behind it? Uh, well, the domino theory is famous famously that um, one if one country goes communist, the rest will all topple over and become communist. Uh, okay. So which, it's you like know, you got to put a stop to it before it before Which, you know, is a, is a real thing. Yeah. Because, yes. I, I mean, well, the Korean War was largely the same thing. Um, proxy war. And they were like, oh, South Korea, one domino goes down. So, yeah, that's one part of it. And then, okay. as, Joe, as Joe mentioned, um, Vietnam was French controlled until like the mid 50s. And, you know. Westerners got mad. They want it back. It's also a great example of uh, a president um, escalating a conflict just so people don't call him, like, a, a girl. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, I, I would argue to some extent Obama did the same thing by escalating the drone war because he's like, no, I, <laughs> I'm tough on terrorism, see? And Linda Johnson was doing the same thing in the 60s you know no no one can call me soft look at all these bombs we're dropping in vietnam yeah uh fun fact americans on the whole really like war <laughs> or but at they least don't they, or, though well I don't, they, I don't think that they do it's it's just they do when they don't have to sacrifice or think about it for more than 20 minutes they like they like the broad idea of it i guess they more like the idea of america being number one top dog well, they they should stop fighting wars so we'd stop losing them, and then it'd be oh. easier to think that way. I don't yeah. have anything to 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 uh, to add to this conversation because you brought it up. I know. <laughs> it's listen. I wanted to be enlightened. I mean, there's no yeah. there's no enlightening answers to this. They're all really dumb answers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and and it's kind of like breathtaking when as more stuff kind of gets declassified, especially from like the 40s and 50s, just mm-hmm. how long like certain parts of the u.s like foreign policy establishment wanted to get involved there and uh it just took them some time to find an excuse uh it sounds like another place i know let me let me ask (laughs) let me ask a question who are the real villains of vietnam of like of this of the vietnam conflict in your mind (laughs) the americans Uh, okay yeah i mean but like certain individuals oh uh, boy mcnamara yeah, and McNamara is an interesting figure because he's sort of unique in that I think he eventually realizes that he shouldn't have done that. And okay. then with the, the next, the generation of of people figures who followed him like never admit when they're wrong. You know, um, McNamara versus Rumsfeld is such an interesting comparison because they both kind of did the same thing, but yeah. but one like. Uh, I think one, like McNamara, like I said, eventually, and, and if you watch the Fog of War, you almost see him coming to this realization in real time. He's like, "Oh, yeah, I have done that." <laughs> but he, but then he kind of approaches it with like an "Oh well," like you know, kind of. If you realize, like, "Oh, I guess I was a dick back then." Oh well, <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's how else? If, I mean, if you don't respond to it that way, you just kill yourself, I guess, right? Oh, he uh, should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about what about Kissinger? Yeah, of course. I mean, Kissinger is, is the the prime villain, but I he comes in later. But he probably did the most. The, he had the highest volume of war crimes. He probably has the most blood on his hands. I mean, Nixon what? too, like scuttling the peace talks to get elected. 
Yeah, literally guilty. Actually, Kissinger did that for him, right? I mean, they were in cahoots. I think. Yeah, I think Nixon and Kissinger are probably the I mean, prime villains. But when you say like who are the prime actors, it's basically like everyone in power from like 1948 to. Maybe even further, but I mean that's what the Pentagon Papers showed. That just yeah. for over three, like probably like Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, maybe even back to Truman. I don't know. But like, wow. like all like the presidents and the you know the generals and their secretaries of staff just had a the huge CIA. the CIA just had a huge war boner for Vietnam. <laughs> and it, um, yeah. <laughs> So like I, that's what's that's what, if you watch JFK, which you know Duff and I will talk about that anytime anyone wants to. That's one of the most confounding parts of that movie because basically one of the key arguments seems to be that Kennedy, the reason Kennedy gets shot is he didn't want to escalate things in Vietnam. There's basically no evidence of that at all. Uh, in a movie full of hooey, that's one of the biggest <laughs> things that doesn't make sense. It's uh yeah, so it's fantastic. Yeah. Well. So it sounds like I should listen. I should watch the Ken Burns series. Um, I, I thought it was great. I'm a Ken Burns stan. You'll learn stuff from it. It. I think it. Um, I I was really turned off after the first episode when it was like, "There's great people on both sides of this issue." I was like, "I don't really feel like hearing this that that phrase anymore." <laughs> I mean, that comes up like from time to time, but he gets like he interviews like Viet Cong, yeah. interviews South South and North. Vietnamese like honestly it could have been longer but I feel I feel like it's impossible to do that series and not get that viewpoint from some I mean there are viewpoints that'll make you mad but I don't know it's a very thorough overview so if you have 12 hours to kill and just want to feel bad and if you want to get and if you want to get a lot of the same boomer songs you get in Forrest Gump you'll find them there too yeah, the original music for it is good though. I like to listen to that at work sometimes. The is that Trent Reznor, Reznor Atticus, Atticus, Atticus score, yeah, it's pretty good. I, and and it's it's if it's worth watching with a critical eye. I mean, you know, some of it I think um, whitewashes things a little bit, but overall, yeah, you'll learn a lot from it. Uh, one thing I thought I would take away from that was they were there was a segment where they talked about uh, Jane Fonda going to Vietnam, going to North Vietnam, and there's nothing that makes boomers lose their mind more than Jane Fonda. Yeah. And it came still to this day. Well, it's, it's amazing. Someone gave a good analogy or a good explanation of that. There was some guy who was talking about why everyone was so mad was he, this guy said, well, you know, a lot of, she wasn't that different from a lot of celebrities, but, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, but we weren't jerking off to those other celebrities. Like, but wow. basically, like, the crux of it is, like, all these dudes wanted to bone Jane Fonda and they felt betrayed, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. Wow. Uh, do you guys have anything else on this on this segment? We kind of, like, we've, we've really talked a lot, a lot about this Vietnam segment. We're kind of, you know, finally coming to the end. This is actually, I realized... First time in a long time that there's like I mean we mentioned this before but there's no there's there's no record there's no music playing on here there's no That's music score there's it's one of the few segments of or episodes of this podcast where like we don't start with one thing and end with a totally random different thing yeah like a lot of episodes would be like oh in this segment 
It starts with Forrest talking to his mom, and then in the end, he's meeting Elvis or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The only thing I was going to say is, so far in the book, um, if I remember correctly, we're we're kind of, like, tracking. Um, Bubba and him do join the army. Bubba does die in Vietnam, and Forrest meets Lieutenant Dan in the infirmary. Not, Not beforehand. So... Otherwise, like through Vietnam, things are things are about the same between the book and the movie. Chronology that, wise. Yeah, that will start to change soon soonish. Forrest okay. Dad has died from a banana crate though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> banana crate landed on him. Um yes, that's true. I think later on, uh during the uh we'll get to it, but during the uh ping pong thing, I think Forrest Gump does save Chairman Mao from uh, from drowning. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. I have a question so. for you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you had a family tradition of dying while serving in the armed forces, like Lieutenant Stan's family, how how would you go? Here's the thing: when that like, <laughs> wouldn't you not like? Wouldn't you not want to serve? If that was the case, no, he thinks it's an honorable death. I know. I mean, in in I I get that. You don't you like, don't want to be the one who breaks the tradition, because then well, you're but, then you're a the tra- pansy. The tradition of dying yeah. young. Yeah. So how would I die? In, yeah. So in... just just describe your death. Uh, <laughs> so that would obviously have to happen during you know during your lifetime. So it could have happened already. Could be speculative down the road. My death would be, I would uh be accidentally ejected from an airlock from in Space Force. I think that would probably be my most likely death. Um, man, I don't know. Also I mean, how I would want to go, too. The thing is, is, like, whenever I see, like, I mean, this isn't, this isn't, like, some incredible thing I'm saying, but uh, rarely is it. Um, but, but, like, you know, you watch these war movies, and it's just, like, the thing I can't get over, especially now as an adult, is that, like these are like 18, 19, 20 year old kids and like I don't you know like the idea of like honorable death like I'm sure it does occur but like it just I'm sure most of the time it's just like an absolute chaotic mess and something oh yeah you're, happens you're, like it's just so sad to think about well I know what uh, your death would be uh what would it be Joe um heart attack while operating a drone <laughs> <laughs> I imagine I would just end up like spraining my ankle somewhere, running away, and 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 like my whole platoon leaves me. Like, no man, that's just the third time this month you've sprained that ankle. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're like climbing some hill in Afghanistan, and they're like, oh, du- uh, is your ankle brace? Are your ankle braces on, Rob? Because we're not carrying you again. So I'm just. Uh, to bring it back around to PUBG, I'm thinking of ways I've died in PUBG. Oh, there and we I go. Th- I think the most, I think what would happen with me is I would, like, there'd be a skirmish or something, and I would run away and find a Jeep, but I'd go, I'd take a turn too fast and just roll the Jeep. <laughs> You're just ejected through the windshield. <laughs> like, it would be, wow, it would be. Duff's body's in bad shape. Yeah. Well, he got hurt <laughs> trying to escape. It would, yeah, it would be it would be like some ironic Twilight Zone death where like I escape the battle and then I'm just doing something stupid like I take a turn doing 70 miles an hour. The rescue helicopter accidentally lands on you. <laughs> that seems like a good way you would go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it would be heroic for any of us, that's for oh, sure. Of course not. Oh, I have one question for you, Rob. Okay. Uh, 
listeners, in case you're not aware, Rob's dad was in the Battle of Iwo Jima. Correct. Yeah. Um, a a true war hero. Did your dad ever encourage you to go in the service? No. Um, did he did he dissuade you from going the service, or did he just not talk about it? Um, so I have a my dad had had a another son well before me that was uh, much older who did go was in Vietnam. So I don't know that relationship, like if my dad encouraged him or if that's just sort of like what was the thing for him to do at that point, or he was drafted. I have no idea. Um, I will say. And I guess that's why it kind of comes to what I was saying earlier about Lieutenant Dan is like my dad was really happy that I was smart and doing well in school. Like he was he was so pleased about that, that that I wouldn't have to like, you know, uh, go the hard way that he had to do for most of his life. That that like, you know, I was doing well. So he he never the, the closest thing I could think of is, you know, when you're like in a in college, and you start getting all the letters from different schools and. And uh, he was very he was very impressed that I got a letter from West Point, which is hilarious. Um, I mean, this with nothing but love. You're not West Point material. Oh, absolutely. I mean, neither am I. (laughs) I remember when I got it, I was like, come on. (laughs) That's ridiculous. I I have a friend who went to Virginia Military Institute, which is much like West Point. And it it sounds like hell (laughs) like. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah. So I, I never had like I never had military pressure in, in that way from my from my father or my mother. I think I think my dad looked at me as like, oh, this is this his life will be much different in a good way. So you did you have the thing where he had ex- expectations like you're going to use your brain. You don't I don't want you to have to go to war like I did. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, never like explicitly said, but but sort of like, you know uh like like happy that i that i was like like even in like a weird antiquated way like i know one thing like when i was younger he like was really excited about the idea of me learning how to golf with the (laughs) idea of like that's where the business people go like that's the successful people are out golfing (laughs) and making business deals plus your dad couldn't you should learn you were doing Um, something that was denied to him yeah yeah so like you know his hand incident um so yeah, I, you know, I, I you know learned golf in early age with that idea. I've never closed a business deal golfing. Um, There's still time. Yeah. That, still that's time. how we're gonna get that uh, Casper mattresses money. Oh, uh, that's right. We're gonna, be we're gonna the CEO of some company, Stamps.com, gonna go out in the links. We'll meet him. Meet him out at a clubhouse and get talking. Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, maybe we can wrap this episode up, and I'll I'll share one of my favorite Rob quotes that I think his, his dad would smile at him for uh, is, uh, Rob's view on standing desks. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if I know this. Uh, I've Rob has uh, told me I, maybe more than once, but uh, I've said it two different workplaces. I've okay, said it. Yep. Okay. But uh, Rob says, I didn't go to college to stand. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so, your your dad your dad is looking down on you and smiling. Yeah. That's uh, that's the same family of quotes as I eat so I don't get hungry. <laughs> a, a Ralph Lumley favorite. Yeah, man, eat so I don't get hungry. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, do you guys have anything else before we uh, before we uh, close this up? 
No, too sad. Nope. Let's stop. All right. Can't wait till next uh, next uh, time we're talking about this movie. We're starting with Bubba dying. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, listeners, you can uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Gump Minute. You can go to our Facebook page at forcegumpminute.com slash chocolates. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, and you can pay for our Patreon if you'd like for as low as $2 a month to get... Uh, I actually have been editing some episodes recently, guys, and have taken some stuff out of episodes and put it in the uh, Midnight Boys After Dark episodes, which will only be for our Patreon. So you can find out more at that at patreon.com slash the Midnight Boys, and uh, we'll be back next week. Happy the days while I'm ending the nest Till once more they rise